0: Welcome back. You're watching Trader's Corner and joining me as always is Garth McKenzie, founder and editor of Trader's Corner. Although tonight's show is somewhat different and Garth, it's a pre-recorded show, an educational show and um, a, a tale of, of woe, um, which a friend of yours shared with you.
1: That's right. It is something different. Uh, this is pre-record because as the viewers watch this, I'm currently away. And what we do when I'm away is we do something that's got a bit of shelf life and that's, that's useful. And this is a rather different show to what we've done before. It definitely is a tale of a, of a rather unfortunate situation uh, of someone I know who's shared his story with me and anonymously agreed that we would share it and we would then share it on, on TV because it's very, very interesting and very educational. And it talks to the whole uh story of promoting proper trading principles which we do on this show that's our sort of vision on traders corner is to promote proper trading principles and very often in an effort to do that it's quite useful to tell a tale of a unfortunate story of things that have gone horribly wrong and what the lessons are in that which is what we're going to detail today
0: i mean i don't want to blow our own horn but um we're basically what eight eight years in the game now and in order to stay in the trading game, you've got to be able to manage your risk. And this is a tale of, this is about a friend of yours who unfortunately didn't manage risk and, and went short of the market. And a lot of people, I mean, you've kind of taken short shortish positions in the market this year. A lot of people kept expecting this market to pull back. Um, And I guess this is um, about someone who did that, but it's worked out horribly for him. So maybe let's start with the beginning of his story. Yeah,
1: let's start with the beginning of the story. So this guy uh, left the corporate world in 2014 and decided he wanted to take on trading for a living and try and do it professionally. He started small, uh, didn't have a lot of, commitments, so fairly low cost of living, had built up a relatively decent sized asset base. So, from a, a foundational point of view, he was in a very good place to do this, to actually try and take up trading full time yeah. and take it on professionally. Uh, he then went out, started with 200,000 Rand uh, in starting trading capital in 2015 and that was in an effort really to, 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 to learn. So it was a small percentage of his of his investable assets that he allocated to the trading game. And in 2015, he had a fairly good year. He made 62,000 Rand in profit for that year. So that's about a 30% profit in year one. So that's yeah. not bad. In 2016, he decided to up the ante a little bit and increased his trading capital to 400,000 Rand for the year. Unfortunately, 2016 didn't go very well. And he was down about 40% for the year. So you can see he lost 160,000 Rand during wow. the year. Uh, so not a good performance in two thousand and sixteen, but I think all along he kind of put this down to the pursuit of learning. And in the beginning of two thousand and seventeen, he decided he was going to really take this on seriously, and uh, he figured he had learnt a lot of mis- made a lot of mistakes and learned from them and really wanted to actually knuckle down and do this properly. So increased the stake that he was trading with to nine hundred and fifty thousand rand for the for the year two thousand and seventeen and set about trading, and set about trading with proper, Proper trading principles, stop losses, uh, getting all the basic things right. Yeah. And he, he predominantly trades all Z40 futures. Okay. So that's the instrument we're going to focus on here. This is a chart of the Aussie forty future for the year to date. It's a continuous chart. Obviously all Aussie 40 futures run in three month contracts. They expire in March, June, September and December. We're currently trading the December contract at the moment, but this is a continuous chart of all the futures contracts leading one into the other. Mm. So the story goes like this. As I say he started with nine hundred and fifty thousand Rand in capital January of this year went relatively well. He came out with a 30,000 Rand profit for the month, which is pretty decent. In mm. percentage terms, that's good. That's about 3% return on the month. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a salary for most people.
0: And I suppose you know the whole point of trading for a living is to make a salary every month that's from correct. your trading capital. Exactly.
1: exactly. Yeah. So he did. So he got January right. That was pretty good. February, also very good. Made 45,000 Rand in the month. March, very good, up 35,000 Rand. April was good, also around about 35,000 Rand. May, up 40,000 Rand. And all of this time, through those five months, you know, when I said to him, what are you doing that went well at that stage? He said he traded without any bias. So he didn't have a bullish or bearish bias. He just looked at what the market was doing, looked at the charts, looked at the trading action, and traded accordingly. He was typically trading with one or two all 40 futures at a time, and not really more than two contracts at a time. So, if you take that the Aussie forty future represents one rand, uh, sorry, it represents ten rand per point. At that stage, the Aussie forty future was around about forty six thousand uh, points. So he times that by ten. He was trading with exposure of four hundred and sixty thousand rand, mm. or up to nine hundred and twenty thousand rand if he had two contracts, okay. which is very very manageable, given that he had nine hundred and fifty thousand rand in capital yeah. available to trade with, and never took much bigger positions than that and as I say, didn't have a bullish or bearish bias, just looked at the market and traded the market that he saw. And that worked and managed the risks carefully and uh, basically was quite successful as you can see during those first couple of months.
0: So then what changed? Because also, I mean, if you look at, okay, so from one month to the next, a negative return, a a loss of 26,000 rand. Presum- but w- so was he short or long the market at that point? Well,
1: so this is the thing. In, in June, things started to go wrong. Um, he had his first losing month of the year in June, minus 26,000 Rand. And I think that would have no doubt uh, hurt his confidence slightly. It's not a big loss in the context of the capital mm. he had and in the, how well he had done in the months before. The trouble with that is that you, you're used to making thirty, forty thousand 40,000 Rand a month. Now you've made a loss of 26,000 Rand in the month. Now you suddenly feel behind the curve and that you almost need to catch up to maintain your run rate. Okay. And this is where you can start doing silly things like increasing the size of your exposure, maybe being a little bit more reckless. Uh, and I think what happened in, in June was that, and I, I know I, I felt this way, in June we saw that uh, market consolidating after a big drop, I actually thought that there was a little bear flag pattern that was going to break to the downside and it was going to go down to 44,000 to retest the lows of March.
0: Because in fact, there was an option structure that you took out at that point, um, uh, which was sort of uh, a, a, bet, uh, a bet on the markets coming back.
1: Correct, that's right. And, and, and the nice thing about us doing options is that you always know what your loss is, okay. um, but that's a beside the point for this discussion. So he went short looking for that move down towards the the March lows. And my technical view was the same at that stage, Mm. but it was wrong. And you can see the market started to tick higher. Through July, it started to move up and it actually moved up very, very aggressively. And this area from July onwards is where things really started to go horrendously wrong for him. And he was short, the market didn't go lower. It suddenly gapped up quite sharply into the end of June and then into July, it started to move up. And you can see that in July, the market rallied from 46000 all the way to 49000 in a straight line without mm-hmm. even the a sni- a, a slightest pullback. Mm. It literally just went straight up. Very, very aggressive move to the upside. Um, what he did at this stage, because he was sh- stuck short, the position started to move against him. He didn't... I think the, the loss obviously started to get a little bit uncomfortable to the point where it became a little bit too big to accept the loss. And then it made the cardinal error of starting to add to the losing trade. Oh. And saying, well, if I continue to add to the short position, the market will eventually come down because it's done that all year, it's oscillated up and down. It, sh- it will probably come down again. So what I'll do is I'll add to those shorts on the way up, a- meaning that the average entry price is higher. Okay. And the market, therefore, doesn't have to come down by as much in order for him to break even and get back to, back to a break even point. Okay. And he decided to enter an, an extra short every 500 points that it on went the higher. way up. Yeah. Okay. So he was already short from June and he started to add to the shorts on the way up. By the end of July, he incurred a, a loss of 374,000 Rand for the month of July. Okay. And he was sitting seven contracts short at the end of July. Now, obviously this is how he was positioned at the end of the month. There there were some trades in between the month, which which obviously accounted for that big loss as well. Big loss for for July. And that-
0: w- Wiping out everything and more uh, than y- you've
1: made up till that absolutely. point. Absolutely. I mean, all of that, the, the prior six months gains had been wiped out and, and lots more by this, by this stage. And of course this really now starts to hurt your confidence. It's hurting your capital, obviously, Mm. um, and you start to not see things clearly. Anyway, he continued to short the market as it went higher, expecting that it would come down. And you can see that through August and September, the market didn't really come down much. At the most, I think we had about a thousand point pullback during those two months. Not nearly enough for him to even get a sniff of breaking even on these shorts.
0: Because I suppose having built up such a huge short position, uh, his expectation was that any kind of pullback, or uh, say a 5% pullback, he'd be back in the game, wouldn't yes. he?
1: Yeah, okay. exactly, exactly. And it's the cardinal mistake of adding to a losing trade and making a making a losing trade bigger in the expectation that the market will mean revert and it'll come back and eventually it'll, it'll, be, a, it'll be fine. He continued to short throughout August and he lost another 132,000 rand in mark-to-market losses uh, in the month of August. But th- by this stage, he had now shorted a few more contracts. He was now sitting short 10 Aussie futures okay. at this stage. Yes. All right. So you can see what's happening is his capital base is shrinking, but his exposure has been growing all of this time. Sitting short 10 Aussie futures at the end of August would have meant that he was short approximately 5 million Rand's worth of exposure at that stage All right, with a depleted capital base. September came along, he shorted a few more. The month of September actually um, was slightly more forgiving Mm -hmm. to him and he actually made a 47,000 rand mark to market profit in the month of September. The trouble has now really come in October where the markets had this massive spike to the upside and we've seen October where the markets basically moved up 2,500 points in a straight line and at this stage as he sits right now um, he's short 13 contracts. And he's sitting with a mark to market loss of 223,000 Rand for the month of October now.
0: Okay, so now what do you do uh, when you're in this situation? Because you're still, it's not like, I mean, do you have to, you, can you buy yourself out of this situation?
1: Not really. The best thing that he probably could do now is close out these positions. And in fact, he's going to be forced to close out, I think, because the way it sits at the moment, if we just summarise where his position is, um, total equity that's in the account now is 427,000 Rand. So that means he's lost 523,000 Rand from the starting capital at the beginning of this year. His margin is 429,000. That's what your the margin requirement is to hold these short positions, uh, to shou- to hold 13 contracts on the Aussie future. So it means that his cash buffer has already been completely depleted, and he's actually now into margin call territory, where he's forced to either put more money into the account to continue to fund these positions or alternatively he has to start closing positions down in order to uh, recoup some of his cash buffer and maintain his margin level at an acceptable level in in terms of the SAFIX rules.
0: But to do that, you have to buy them You have
1: to buy them back. You would have to buy them back. So is this a
0: classic short squeeze?
1: It is a classic short squeeze. And the thing is, this, I think, is a very common story in the market at the moment. I've heard of it from a number of other players who've been caught short in this market, where it's literally gone up 7,000 points since June. And uh, hasn't given any meaningful pullback over that time, and that's where you get a situation like we've seen in, org- in in October now, where the market all of a sudden has this almighty rally, and it's 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 where you have this type of situation occurring, but on mass, where you have a lot of people who sit short in the market, mm-hmm. and they are forced to now buy back their positions, and it results in a buying frenzy that pushes the market up, and that's effectively that is a short squeeze.
0: Got so before we wrap up with um, the lessons here, um, what is, that is actually his net losses now for the year?
1: Well, it's Sitting at at 523,000 Rand and counting at this stage. You can see that he started the year with 950,000, he's got 427,000 left at the moment, so minus 523,000 Rand for the year to date and counting.
0: Jeez. Okay, so the lessons to sum up. All
1: right, so a number of lessons here. All right, first of all, you always need to define your risk when you go into a trade. We always uh, advocate a maximum of 2% of capital on a trade. Once you get to a 2% loss, close it, walk away. Losing 2% of your capital is fine. You've still got 98% of it left in that case, which is fine. Always know where your stop loss is, and don't ignore a stop loss. That's absolutely imperative. I can't stress how important a stop loss is in terms of risk management in this game. Don't add to losing trades. That is the thing that's really wiping this guy out here, is the fact that he's continued to add to a losing position as the market's moved against him. If you've got a trade that's bad, don't make it bigger, make it smaller. Mm-hmm. Manage your exposure. This is a classic case of where the exposure has just gone, got pl- completely out of hand. Don't fight the momentum. This market's been moving up;
0: mm. it's had upward see.
1: momentum. Don't short into a market that's continuing to, to show strong upward momentum. Don't revenge trade, which is effectively what he's been doing. He was trying to revenge trade to get his get himself back in the game. And don't stand in front of a of an oncoming train. Mm. If you can see there's a problem, deal with it. Don't stand in front of a train and get wiped out.
0: Yeah, cheapest. A salutary tale for all of us. Garth, we have run out of time, unfortunately. Absolutely fascinating. But we have to leave it there. And we'll be back with our regular programming uh, next week. Thanks, as always, for joining us. Thanks. Garth McKenzie is, of course, founder and editor of Traders Corner.